Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired Access. Welcome to another Herd App production of Wired Access Podcast. I'm your host, DJ K-Dub Omaha. And if you like this episode or any other, don't be afraid to subscribe via our YouTube. Just click that little box. Hit the thumbs up. We appreciate it. It helps other people find this message. And to my left, I have the head coach of the Papillion La Vista Monarchs softball team, Coach Todd Peterson. Then to his left, I have my man, Brian Southworth, the owner of Wired Training Center. Go check them out if you or your son needs some baseball to get you the future coaches and owner. Welcome to the show. Man, 17 years is an amazing ride, but your ride before yours was the opening beginning that you just want to kept on rolling with them. What sports and what like got you to go from playing sports and then becoming that coach that you are today? Yeah. So, um, basically I, you know, I played everything when I was a kid and, and I actually uh, came to Papillion as a teacher years and years ago and I was coaching with the baseball team. And then I got out of, um, got out of teaching. And, um, the reason I got into softball is my daughters played. So it always takes one, right? It always takes one. You always wonder, is it, you know, because there are some coaches that give that love, before mm-hmm. and obviously you had baseball you didn't mm-hmm. have a son on the team you didn't nope. have anything leading you there but you're obviously picking up tools and stuff from yep. that baseball experience you get into softball you got the daughters going how yep. was that when you first started uh it's interesting when you coach your own daughters i coached them in club ball and then i they were uh actually played for me um my first few years and brian's sister actually was on the same team and so it's different when you have a daughter on the team and i have uh other assistant coaches that have had daughters on the team you know clint holsher this year is his 10th year with a daughter on the team it'll be the last one i know so it's interesting to watch how they are when they coach when a daughter's on the team or not and so for me it was it wasn't that difficult being the head coach because you got to kind of stay focused on everything that's going on but it's uh it's there's no doubt it's different when you have somebody you know one of your own on the team versus you don't, you know? Well, just, yeah. And Brian, of course you went from, pl- you know, playing baseball. Then you decided to learn more technique on the baseball and you have your own son. You're dealing with it now where you're teaching your kids. You can are having trouble finding time because your kids age range is a little bit hard. Mm-hmm. Did you have that also when you were growing up? What was the age range between your daughters? Uh, they were all three years apart and the first two played. The last one decided she didn't want to play softball. And so she told me that when she was like nine. So, yeah. <laughs> so it made it a little easier for a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, that that a lot of, well, she, was, a lot of money. she was in dance. Oh, not so much. But it was uh, interesting to see. And there was a lot of traveling and things like that. And I coached the one and not so much the other one until, you know, the first one was done. And so it was, uh, yeah, trying to find the time 
for all of them, but also at the same time, you know, just the team itself and things like that. I mean, it, there's no doubt that's a challenge, you know, and uh, then all of a sudden they're gone and then you don't have anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, of course, yours are young. You're getting, you're just yeah. now getting where they're one after the other. What is it like for you trying to be the head coach, be someone who also trains other kids and then also be dad? Man, I, well, I think it's tough because, you know, you have your kids obviously, but I think you'll probably relate to as soon as you start, you know, coaching, you find yourself having a lot more kids than you knew you actually had. So, you know, each of those kids you treat like your own. I know it's sometimes hard to balance like, hey, I need to be dad here. I need to be supporting my kid and get him to everything he needs to do. But I also got, you know, on my baseball teams like, hey, there's 10 other kids that have trusted me with their futures. And, you know, and, and it's tough. It's an investment. So it's a really hard balance, but you got to try to find time for everything. Yeah. Well, and coach, you said you came to Papillion. What brought you to Papillion out of everywhere in the Nebraska area? Um, you know, when I got out of college, I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to be a coach since I was very young. And and uh, I had opportunities at a couple small high schools, about be the head basketball coach at these different places. And I just decided, you know, for me, it was come to the big town because I grew up in a small town. And uh, so I ended up at Papillion and then I was first helping on baseball and I actually was, believe it or not, the boys cross country coach at Papillion at one time <laughs> in, in my, in my uh, skinnier days. And so, <laughs> so I did that. And then, so I had a lot of different experiences and things like that. And I also, you know, some of the coaches that I was around, not only through high school, but you know, as when I was at Papillion, I gained a lot from that. And um, so I've just always loved it. And I think the great piece now is, you know, I, I do, don't teach, but I get to do the honestly the part I like, which is the coaching part. Well, so, and you yeah. said you came to Papillion. It was something that to get a head coaching position might be a little different. We just interviewed a couple, couple episodes ago. We ep interviewed Gene, sir, oh, yeah. where he talked about, he had to go outside to Ord, Nebraska in order to get back into the Omaha area as a head coach yep. in softball. How is that different? And what was that experience like of trying to get to the head coaching position? Yeah. So for me, what happened is uh, two years before I became the head coach, um, coach Go Govic hired me as an assistant. So I coached in the program for a couple of years. And um, so when he left and went to Creighton, it just made it, I don't know, it just made sense where, I was able to take over. So it was pretty easy for me in that respect. I think otherwise it had been very difficult to get in, but um, I mean, those couple of years were valuable because I, I learned about the tradition that was already there, you know, and some of those things and tried to, you know, continue that on and continue the success. But uh, I also learned really quickly that um, you got to be yourself, you know, who you are as a coach is who you are, you know, you can't, you can't You're not trying coach. to match no. and be exactly him. You're taking the values, exactly. the culture, the yep. tradition. Yep. Brian, he said your sister was a part of some of that mm -hmm. tradition. What is it like to see the coaching transition from one to the other when you're already at a school that is developed like that? It's always a, a kind of a, a, a what a, a coin flip. What are you going to get? What's the next coach going to do? What do you remember or do you remember when your sister was going through that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think there was too much changes year over year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still remember my sister going to practices all summer long, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. the Halleck's they run, yep. right? Yep. I mean, that's, yep. uh, I don't know if there's a program that probably works harder than Papillion softball. I mean, the what they ask these girls and, and they do, they show up every mm -hmm. day. It's, it's pretty incredible. And there's no, no coincidence that there is a, a success.
adapt to that way it is and, yeah. and still make them feel that they can learn off of your program. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, it's definitely not for everybody, but but on the other hand, we've had uh, lots of girls that have you know done really well, went on to college. We've also had lots of girls that were successful in the program or part of the program that they gained a lot from it. And, you know, I really think the the word I always use with our program is passion. So I said, if you're passionate about softball, you're passionate about our program, you know, you're going to have a good experience. And, um, and that's, they have to have that, you know, and, and they, you hope they gain, you know, a lot of them are coming around when they're little kids and things like that. So they're around the team. And so they gain a little bit of that as they go. And so I don't know if they know exactly what to expect, but, but they do have to have a passion for it because it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of preparation and things like that. But we, you know, we tell them it's, this is what's going to happen or this is what it's going to be. And, you know, if it's for you, great. If it's not, it's okay too. You know, it's just, that, you know, it's just part of what we, we try to strive to do. I like what you said. If it's for you, it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. If it's not, it's okay. I think sometimes parents expect every coach to match up with every kid mm -hmm. and be able to get that constant contact with between you, mm -hmm. the coach and the player. But sometimes you have those issues when mm -hmm. you look at the select softball world around here from my eyes looking outside in. So I don't have any connections. I don't yeah. have any daughters, but I do see some movement yeah. more than I do amongst the college or the high school yes. rankings. Yes. How do you control that at your school? And, and also how do you explain to these girls when they're looking at their select teams, yeah. how important it is not to jump ship because it yeah. gets hard. And I only bring this up. You of course had Jordy ball. Yeah. We had Jordy and Ruby both on this show. Yeah, sure. And Ruby said when she went to Nebraska 18, she could have easily went and played anywhere else, yes, right. but she sat behind the best. Yeah. She learned the best. And now her grit and grind out at Washington is unmatched. Mm -hmm. When you look at that with the select programs, what's your thoughts and what's some things? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's easier to jump ship on a, on a club program or whatever, that kind of thing. And I run a club organization and I try to talk to our coaches about that and the parents and the kids, you know, it's not always the grass is always greener, but it is easier to, to, you know, make that switch. And sometimes you have to do that. It's, it's much more difficult in the high school. You know, some of it depends on the high school, like whether their school is open and things like that. But I do think that, you know, if they show, you know, they're, I don't know, dedicated to what they're doing and things like that. It usually works out. You know, the other thing that's huge is just the parent involvement, you know, with club sports, you know, they're basically they're paying to play as well. So they have some, you know, things invested in it that, you know, high school, you can kind of, it's not that you don't talk to the parents, but you don't as much, you don't yeah. involve them as much. And I, I really think that experience, you know, all the experiences are, are all good for them, you know? And I think the high school experience is great because, you know, they have to talk to me or they have to talk to one of my assistants. You know, they have to have that, you know, it's almost like that grown person, you know, mature conversation, yes, you know, yes. when things aren't going well, maybe you're not playing as much as you want or, you know, whatever it is. And I think that that's something that we, you know, we encourage them to do that. And I, I think it's good for them to do that. Well, and Brian, you see amongst the, the select world, there's consistency going through the fall ball, the summer ball. Um, there's so many options out there. How do you make sure that these kids understand that school is still a part of that development and, and sticking it out for that? I mean, school is equally as important as, as sports and how well you do. I mean, if you uh, it's it's really set up if you don't get like a certain GPA or certain ACT score, I mean, you're going to be limiting your opportunities. You know, if you're not above a three five, 
you're probably limiting what 25% of schools probably, you can yeah. go to uh, right out of the yeah. gate. So it's hard, you know, and, and learning to balance select softball, school softball and school. I mean, it's only going to help you in college because college is only worse. You know, I mean, it's, True. you're going to be doing more and you know, you're lifting in the morning school yeah. practice, you know, study hall and all no that, teachers so. following up with you. That's no. for sure. They're, they're no. just taking yeah. the money. Yeah. And, and of course, Brian, when we talk about colleges and you look at for baseball, the Juco route is something. Do you feel like that's something that um, is also building in this in the softball world or is it more of, you know, I, I feel like in the last couple of years, it's got it got popular. I don't know until the transfer portal, yeah, though. Right. I mean, it's it's yeah. constantly evolving. But yeah. now, I mean, there's. Uh, like a smaller division one could be the yeah. same thing as a junior college right now, unfortunately with yeah. the transfer portal. But I mean, it's all that, you know, you just got to pick the school that softball mm -hmm. is a little bit different in baseball because, you know, I think at baseball, sometimes there's like, Hey, the goal is to get drafted that, and, and yeah, play there's where, that hope. where <laughs> softball, yeah, right. you know, yeah. I feel like the, a lot of softball girls just make better education decisions yeah. because they're like, yeah. okay, what do I want to do when I actually grow up where yeah. baseball people sometimes get that, confused like okay well, yeah. i'm gonna play professional how, baseball right yeah, yeah, so, that. yeah it's, that's true well and, and coach how do you keep your kids going through the process what is your in, involvement and, and what do you feel like is some of your strengths and what are some things that you feel like you're still trying to get better because the the whole college recruiting process is not the same as 17 years ago it's changed and it changes all the time i mean you have the transfer portal and things like that but i think some of the basics are the same you know, like you talked about academics. I mean, in softball, just like baseball, I mean, it's most, unless you're, you know, Jordy Ball or Ruby Malin, you're not getting a full ride. You know, most people aren't getting a full ride just off softball or just off baseball. You know, it's a lot of partial scholarships and things like that. So the academic money is there. And then the part about, you know, where, what are you going to do when you grow up? You know, what are you going to be? You know, sometimes they don't know and that's fine. But if they know they want to do a certain thing or they want to go, you know, a certain place or whatever. I mean, I, I don't think that stuff has changed. Um, I do think there are a few more that are doing the Juco type route because maybe they aspire to play at a higher level than maybe they could, you know, get into right out of high school. So it's some of that. And, and for me, I mean, the biggest thing that's probably evolved and changed is just that, you know, having more and more contacts with college coaches, you know, so I know a lot of them around this area and, and across the country. And honestly, I got to know probably more of them, even when I went through the process with Jordy, when she was first, you know, being recruited to Oklahoma. And so there's some of those kinds of things that I can really help the kids with if they, you know, say don't want to stay around here or whatever. Well, I like that you brought up the Oklahoma scenario. Of course, in this area, everybody thinks everybody goes right to the Huskers. How is it as a coach when, pe when people are – I mean, you're hearing it. You're yeah. seeing the tweets. You're seeing everything yeah. go. How is that like when you're going through that process to just stay positive in what yeah. the kid needs, yeah. what the kid wants, and, and know that you're helping them make the best decision for them? I always try to stress that. These yeah. decisions that these kids are making has nothing to do with a fan base. No. Not saying the fan base can't help, but it can hurt. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that because uh, it's the perspective as a fan versus uh, somebody that's truly trying to help them. And, you know, being a Husker football fan, I feel the same way. Every kid should go to the Huskers. <laughs> but we know that's not true and that's not what happens because it's not necessarily what's right for every kid. And with Jordy, it was the same scenario. You know, she was looking at what her different options were and, you know, to help her with it, that's that's important because she wanted to try to go to the place that was best for her. And it's just the same when she 
came to Nebraska, you know, came back to Nebraska. I mean, it was, you know, supporting her and, you know, making sure she thinks through the decision and what, you know, what made sense for her and all that. And, you know, that's really what she did. And when you look at some of your athletes, you have some where your parents are involved, the balls mm -hmm. are involved, mm -hmm. and you have some that you kind of have to help along the way. Mm -hmm. How does that help you become a better coach? And how does it help you with the future recruits that come through you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just different experiences, you know, that you, you gain. And you're right. Some of the parents are going to be more involved than others and for whatever reason. So for me, it's just trying to educate them as much as I can based off of what I know give them the resources I can. And, and, you know, and I think, gosh, I think every situation is different. So for me, that's, you know, it's just like coaching. You can coach for a hundred years and you think you've seen everything well, and then something else happens. <laughs> you go, I've never seen that before. And so that's just, it's the same, you know, it's kind of the same with recruiting, I think too. Brian, we've seen 17 years of consistency, but we've obviously with the Papillion La Vista Monarchs seen 31 plus years mm -hmm. of consistency. How do you think these coaches continue it? with you being a younger coach coming up through the program of yourself? Man, it's tough. You know, I look at a lot of things that Papillion does differently than I see. I mean, one, like you guys have a mental coach, right? right. How many programs have like a mental coach in there yeah. associated? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, <there's, laughs> I don't know. Some probably, you know, I, and yeah. I know like kind of your routine with yeah. your summer practices yep. and stuff. I mean, there's definitely some unique things that they bring in. I mean, and, have a pretty holistic development program that from what I see, I mean, I love to more like what, what do you feel like has separated your guys' program from other programs in the area? I mean, I, I, I will say this in 17 years, the separation has gotten narrower and narrower because there are so many great coaches out there uh, with lots of different experiences. And, you know, when I even started, there wasn't that many that were doing the summer stuff. You know, now everybody does it, you know, so it's it's cool to see because the competition level has just went through the roof. And, you know, it used to be where you had a bunch of games that were probably, you know, just show up. To be yeah. honest, it's just not that way anymore. And so I think a lot of people are learning from each other and, and you know, and there's nothing wrong. That's what we should be doing. We should be giving back to the game. But I, I don't know if there's anything we do different. I mean, I just know that we try to make sure we're working the hardest and we're the most prepared and you know, do everything we can there to where at least when they get out on the field, you know, they have their, the best chance they're going to have and, and maybe not always focus on the outcome. You know? Focus on, on yep. the situations. Yep. Yep. Obviously having a strong assistant team, it helps that they had kids coming through to keep them there. But yep. how, what else do you think keeps the coaches um, dedicated to the process and, and wanting to be in these years with you instead of just jumping ship. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like the same as the kids. It's passion. You know, I have I I tell people I think I have the greatest assistant coaches. And there are some schools that have some very good ones. Don't get me wrong. But our coaches, we've had, you know, a lot of them that have been there for a long time. Once in a while we'll get some new ones that come in and that, you know, kind of brings a different energy or different ideas. But I, you know, they're all passionate about it, passionate about the program and they see things that you know, they're really there to coach, you know, and that is great to see because I, I think it's easy, you know, say, Hey, I'm helping out at so-and-so program. And, you know, what are they really doing? You know, hitting ground balls or something and that's it. But they, you know, we value what their opinions are, you know, what they think we try to be on, we're not always on the same page and we're able to tell each other if we're not. I think that's you know? probably the I hardest thing cool. is yeah. being able to be straightforward, yeah. transparent, and where, you know, that, the coach across the way is not looking to 
overrule or anything. Right. He's just going to give you what he sees and what he yeah. knows. Yeah. And of course, obviously, when it comes to your coaching staff and it comes to the environment, what's the biggest thing that you think you started with, but have made a biggest change in your past 17 years with this group? Um, I think it's just continually learning is one thing. I mean, having great assistant coaches. I mean, I think we did when I started, you know, but some of them, they've evolved as well, just as I have as a coach, you know, bringing other ones on into the program, you know, uh, as help. But like, for me, it's like, I still go to clinics. I go to, I love to get on the internet and look at, you know, different instructional stuff and, you know, and it's like, you know, I tell my club coach the same thing because there's, you know, all these different coaches. I said, you know, you need to go to that stuff. You don't have to, but I said, you know, if you really care about What's it, your investment, yeah, you're invested in it. You're going to do it. And, you know, and you'll listen to some speaker and go, they don't know what they're talking about or whatever, but you'll go to another one and you might pick up one thing or two things. And I mean, that's really why I do it. Cause I, I love doing that. Cause I love to, to learn and, you know, because it's something I'm passionate about. You know, if it's something that I don't care that much about, I'm not going to go. Well, and, and Brian, of course, you're still looking for these things to help your program, not just the baseball that you're teaching, but obviously at wire training. What do these clinics mean to you, and how do you kind of help your trainers see the same vision as you? Yeah, I mean, we we invest a lot, uh, a lot of time and, and resources in our continuing education. So, you know, I know you got you go to NFCA each year. So yep, we'll be there. And then uh, the ABCA, the baseball convention. So it's, you know, like he said, like, you know, some you just got to go to all of them and you'll pick at the pieces that you like, the pieces that you can bring back to your program. And some of it won't apply. But you know, the, the best coaches are always learning, always learning what's new, what can we bring in the program? And, you know, I think that's really what sets people apart. Yeah. I was going to piggyback on that. I think like some of the things that you're doing, like that has changed. One is technology. I mean, it's amazing what you can learn and, and, you know, and all that from technology and using it right, you know, and you can use it different ways. It's not everybody uses it the same way. And then the other piece I thought of is because you're talking about the, um, like mental coaches, you know, the mental part of the game, like we spend way more time on that than we used to. You know, I think that's across the board in all sports because it used to be just, hey, let's figure out a field a ground ball or let's work on hit. You know what I mean? But it's that what's going on up here is is um, the longer I coach, yeah. the more important I think yeah, that is yeah. like okay. that is more than half the battle. These these athletes, they can all do the thing. I mean, you hit them grounders and practice. Yeah. They're going to feel 10 out of 10. But, yeah. you know, when you make them one one mistake in a game. How, How do, do you overcome reset? that, right? Yeah, exactly. um, that's big, for yeah. sure. Well, and I'm glad you brought up that. Coach, what do you feel in the 17 years has been your number one thing that you've kind of helped relate with these girls to help them overcome those challenges? Obviously, having a coach is great, the yeah. mental coach, but you still have to enforce, you still have to recognize and be able to redirect their energy yeah. to the positive side. Yeah, I think it is a lot with, I mean, it has a lot to do with what you do in practice, you know, trying to prepare them. You know, they always talk about trying to make it harder than a game. Well, I think you can do that like physically and some of the mental stuff, but it's like a game is still a game, you know, when you're in the, in the battle. Well, yeah, you so strike out from of, your teammate. You're yeah, not as, as yeah. upset as no. the girl that you're like, I've exactly. home run off this girl yeah. multiple yeah. times yeah. and here we are. Yeah. So I, like for me, I try to, and our assistant coaches do a good job of this too. I think it's really important to build the relationships with them so that there's a trust. You know, so that they know when you go to battle and it's most important um, that you got their back, you know, and I think that they if they realize that and they also realize they have teammates that, you know, 
maybe that day it doesn't work out so well for them, but they got a teammate that might pick them up. You know, I think that helps a lot. So I, I, we spend a lot of time on that. And I think just coaches the way we are versus 17 years ago, it's a lot different. I mean, they, they say I'm soft now. So (laughs) girls that used to play for me, but it's, I don't know. Well, and and of course with the the technology and the movement, obviously Brian's had some, some success using the baseball program to Mm -hmm. get kids to pitch faster along with, uh, softball yep. to go through some of the program as you see these programs develop how much are you talking to your girls and parents about trying to find that extra yeah. whether it is through your because i know of yeah. course coach holster pitches yep. and is willing to teach girls to hit yep but what is that talk like with these parents and how are they receptive to understand that if they don't get this little bit extra of help you only can <laughs> yeah. coach so much yeah yeah i mean i think that almost most girls pitchers i mean they're all going to pitching lessons you know i'm not going to teach them how to pitch you know um i could say that i taught jordy ball how to (laughs) how to pitch but i didn't uh and there a lot of them are going to different hitting instructors and things like that and you know the thing that i tell parents i said it's kind of up to them what they do and what makes sense and they and i think every girl's different on like wall they can handle you know, you have these girls, you know, we have way less girls playing multi-sport at, that are multi-sport athletes, but there's some girls that that's, that's important for them because they need to compete all the time. And there's other ones that, you know, they'll be, you know, throwing a softball or hitting a softball every single day if you let them, you know, so they, <laughs> you know, they need to take a break sometimes, you know, so I think that sometimes that's probably the hardest part, you know, what's too much and what's not enough. And, and it's not the same for every kid. And, um, I, you know, I, if I wish I could figure that out, but that's, that's the hardest thing really. Brian, obviously going through this with your parents, you're in a program, but obviously there's other things that you pull from others. How do you keep that aligned with these parents and make them understand that it's okay to find what works best for your kids? Yeah, I think everyone kind of has different values and goals, right? So, um, like you said, like, you know, they might put more value on, on multiple sports and, you know, being a, a great athlete, you know, a three sport athlete might be something that's more important with them where you might have one girl that's like, I want to play division one softball. I need to make this all your thing. Um, and with that, and you know, anytime that you have a team of girls, I mean, it's going to take an army of people, right? It's not Todd is, is not, <laughs> he'll be the first one. He's like, I'm not going to be able to take you from day one to yeah. day three. Like right. know what I work with, like, am I going to exclusively be like the biggest impact in this life? You know, it's going to take coaches, strength, you know, trainers, parents, family, like it takes an army to raise these people. And I think the the coaches that can embrace that and have a team approach with all these people are always way ahead of like, no, you need to do it my way. That's it. Yeah, I agree. Of course, 17th, 17th year for you, coach six championship. Congratulations. Thank you. The year 500th win, of course, Holscher has a couple on you for you being thrown out, but I'll let you and him sell that. He's got one more than you. Reminds me of that. <laughs> I had to bring that up. Um, you look at this year, what's the biggest thing that you took away from it and how the championship, I think, was a stage that you girls have deserved for years yeah. upon years? Yeah. I mean, first of all, the team, I mean, it just... Um, we went through some challenges through the season, just like you do every season. And it just kind of shows that, you know, anything's possible. You know, if you stick with it and you have dreams and we, we talked about, and we did talk about a lot about go, getting back to Omaha, 
because I told him a story. I said, I said, for whatever reason, when I took over as a head coach, I said, we're going to move this thing out to Hastings. I don't know if they, if that was, you know, because of me or my fault, but anyway, that's, <laughs> so I've been out there a long time. And I told those girls, I said, I would love to play a game back here in Omaha. see the first game back here. And what was crazy to me, I mean, first of all, the stage at UNO's was crazy. I mean, the number of people that were there watching all, all three class games, um, just the excitement and, and, you know, seeing these little girls that came around and were watching, you know, that were, you know, watching our girls warm up and things like that. And it reminded me of, you know, my daughters when it was back at Seymour Smith years ago and they were little girls like that. And I'd take them to the state tournament and they'd watch and they thought that was the coolest thing ever, you know, watching Peaches James and different people like that, you know? And so, and then for us as a team, I was just amazed how loose our girls were. I mean, and we told him, I said, just have fun because it is, I mean, how can that not be fun, you know, being over there? But, you know, there's a little stress that comes with you having, you know, two, 3,000 people in the stands where you're used to playing in front of 100. Maybe the parents, <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. So the way that they played loose through the whole, you know, that night, especially, you know, from beginning to end was crazy. And it was, uh, it just was a lot of fun. And, and I think you can't even match the weather. Yeah. The I weather agree. was just immaculate. Um, the atmosphere was set, you know, obviously stepped up in that realm. How does that also help their program and also get these girls to see that these stages are available for yeah. them if they want to go get it? Yeah, I think that's huge because you see these, you know, young girls and there are club teams, there, club coaches, you know, things like that. I mean, I think it's just, they look at, I, I would imagine if you're an eight, nine year old girl and you come and watch that game or, you know, any of the three games, you kind of go that's what I want to do, you know? And I, and I think that nothing against Hastings, but the fact of the matter is a distance of it. You just don't have as many, you know, people out there watching it. And so, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's the way Especially I Especially the, the longer you get in that tournament, yes, right? I mean, right. more and more people go home. So, yeah, true. I mean, your most popular games are going to yeah, be probably first, first round, round yeah, right? Exactly. And then after that, I mean, yep. to, to have that, championship game on tv i mean it's so great for the sport yeah, yeah there's no doubt yeah I, I i hope that they embrace that i hope they obviously continue to give these girls the stage you have a lot that have committed this year yep. what is it like as a coach to continue to see these girls get to play but know that their journey doesn't stop with coach peterson and they're looking for that next bite yeah it was kind of interesting because this group we had a large senior class and and not very many more committed before the season and they every single one is just unique i mean we don't have any that are going uh division one but we have some nai nai girls we have some division two girls we have a girl that's going to play soccer and softball at missouri western which is just unheard of she's a soccer goalie at mo bird and so you know we had to we worked with them helped them a lot during the season and sometimes you know we had i think three or four that committed during the season and sometimes that's kind of interesting when that happens when you're in the middle of something especially because you'll have somebody commit and somebody else is going well i haven't committed yet you know so they have that you have some of that going on during the fall oh, yeah. and it's pretty common um and so, but they, you know, they all have their own journey, you know. And is a lot it a of distraction much when it, you have? It, it can be. It can be. I mean, for us, we try to celebrate it and say this is really cool, you know, and they'll they'll have their signing day and all that. So we make a deep, big deal out of it from the perspective of, you know, their celebration, but it's not, you know, we have to watch to make sure because, you know, they're part of a team still and 
doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. Well, social media has changed in yeah. your time. How do you I didn't know help? What that is. <laughs> how do you help the kids in understanding of the importance of it? And and what's some things that even yourself, you're like it's it's way above my uh, social media grade. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one because that can be. Uh, I mean, it can be a very a positive, you know, in a lot of ways for the kids and for the team. And it can be for sure the opposite of that. And I don't know. I, we, we at least try to talk to them about it and just try to be, you know, um, you know, if you're committing somewhere or whatever, I mean, that's a big deal. You should definitely do that. But like during the season, I mean, it's, we try to talk to them about, you know, when you post things and all that, maybe it's about the team. It, it doesn't, you know, cause you'll see a lot of it, you know, I hit three home runs and then at the end it says we got beat, we got beat eight <laughs> to four. You know? I've always thought that that's really strange, but you know, there, there is that type of thing going on out there and there's a lot of peer pressure. You know, they, they have people on other teams or friends or whatever you want to call it that are doing whatever they're doing. And so, cause they're doing that, you should be able to do that. And, and that's, that's, it's not, I mean, you can't monitor it. I mean, you can, but. Uh, but there's only so much. And, yeah. and I think, I think that obviously starts with the culture within Brian, mm -hmm. you're, you're coming up through the ranks. What's some of the things that you feel like, like you got to help with the social media when it comes to these kids, they're seeing their, the, the athletes they look up to enjoying it. They're seeing all these limelight things, but they're not seeing the struggles, the stresses, the, the worriness, the, Oh man, who saw that? I mean, I always told told people once you post it, someone's seen it. No matter how quick you thought you yeah. took it down, yeah. somebody's seen it. What do you feel, Brian? It's tough, you know, like going back to what he's saying, it's like, you know, the the three home run example, right? But then they lost, you know, <laughs> this. Uh, you know, a lot of these girls look at the social media as like, I need to promote myself to get to these like these college coaches need to see this that I'm excelling, but you know, then it's it's tough because you know they're kind of putting themselves ahead of the team a little yeah, bit, yeah. and they can kind of create um, a culture that you don't necessarily want. So, I mean, it's tough. There's definitely a balance. People need to understand that coaches will make recruiting decisions based on what is on your social media. Yeah, that's true. and I've also talked to an equally amount of coaches that are like, they post too much of social media. I'm not interested in him. So, I mean, it's a balance, and and everyone's a little bit unique, but. You know, I think definitely sharing the best practices like you're doing is a good step in the right direction. 17 years ago, did you feel like you'd be where you are today? And if not, what's the legacy that you feel you're leaving there at Papillion and La Vista to follow in the footsteps of the coach that passed it down to you? Yeah, that's a good question. No, if the first answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into, um, but it's been a... Uh, I mean, it's been a great ride and, uh, I've been, I coached boys pretty much until I had girls, you know? And so there's a big difference between oh. the two. Uh, but I love coaching girls. I mean, I just think that I've had, I've been lucky and blessed to be, um, the coach at Papillion La Vista, the, the girls that I've gotten to be able to, um, work with and help and build relationships with and things like that. I mean, it's, it's priceless. It's like Brian said, they are, they are like other daughters, you know? So I don't know, 17 years, I don't know, maybe I've had, I don't know, a couple hundred, <laughs> couple. but it's, and they're all different and they all have different challenges. They all have different, you know, whatever. And it's just, I, I just love coaching because it's just like this year we had, we only had three seniors from the year before and they're all really good players. And 
So you have a lot of the same players and then you have the next year and it's like, it's a totally different team. And it's like mostly the same kids. And so that's what I think is cool about coaching because don't think you know what's coming because usually you're wrong. Well, <laughs> and especially you know, the off season, of some yeah. kids grow yeah, they do, for differently sure. Um, sure. on what they want. Mm -hmm. You've obviously had an uh, underclassman pitcher yep. for the championship game that was a star for the year for you guys. Yep. What is that like to continue to have the pitching that you guys consistently get mm -hmm. there at the Monarchs? And how much do you guys really work on finding these kids amongst the kids that you have? Yeah, I mean, that's a great story on the pitchers. You know, I'll say pitchers because we had two of them and they were both very similar. In fact, uh, Carly, the other one has, you know, been probably pitched more than uh, Manager Belisco has in the last couple of years. And then Amanda really came on, had a great uh, postseason uh, state tournament, but you know, they're also best friends. So it's kind of cool to see when they totally support each other, but to see them develop, because I mean, that was a concern of us is, you know, how far are they going to be able to take us? And, um, I mean, they stepped up and I don't know if it's, I mean, our biggest thing is like, I don't know pitching, but I know that I was a pitcher myself. So I know, okay. You better throw strikes. That's the first thing. <laughs> you know, there's certain things that like you have to do. And if you if you don't, you're not gonna pitch. Somebody else is gonna do it. And I think some of that that rubs off on them and try to, you know, be tough when it's in the hardest times. And and those two have done that for us, you know, actually over the last, you know, couple of years. And, you know, they're just following this kid that's pretty good, you know, <laughs> from a couple of years ago. So there's nothing they have to you know, live up to, but, uh, but, you know, to see what they've done and how they've grown. I mean, that's really cool to see because it's, it's, it's not, it's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work and, and um, yeah, they, they, you know, they stepped up for us when we needed it. We'll get you out of here on this. Yeah. Of course you got 17 years, lots of girls that have came and gone and came mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. What does it mean when these kids come back and want to get back to the program that yeah. you helped them build a love for? Yeah. But then also take it to the state level, like when you look at a Jordy ball that yeah. was like, could have went anywhere, could have done anything, but they want to give back to either yep. the Monarchs or the state of Nebraska. Yeah, I think it's super cool. I mean, one, when you have girls come back and, you know, they're either helping with a camp or they just come around to say hello. One of the things that caught me at the state tournament is as part of just like the little girls that were there was seeing all of our alumni, you know, like Megan and her class, which is, she was a senior my second year. <laughs> uh, and then seeing girls that just graduated a couple of years ago and some, I didn't even know they were there until I saw pictures, you know, later because there were so many people there. And I think that's super cool too, because there's a pride. You got Peaches James up doing the, the color for the television, you know, for NET, you got Jordy ball throwing out the first pitch. I mean, I don't know if, Miller North might not have been too happy about all that. She didn't just... want, I want to, I want to make sure it's well known. <laughs> but, no matter what, she did not want to wear I know the blue did. and red She's... jersey only because of the color. And of course her boyfriend had, you know, Mr. Yeah. Trey goes, yeah. she can't wear that blue stuff. <laughs> she shows up in the Monarch jersey. Yeah. She showed up yeah, representing, she did. but she did. that's a pride. Yes, it is. It's a thing that sits with them to not only be there to do that part, yeah. but show face yeah. on the side with the parents, yeah. be amongst the crowd, be amongst the atmosphere. Yeah. Your student section showed up and showed out as mm -hmm. well. 
that's not always able to happen when it comes to softball. Right. It's not like volleyball. A lot no. of people come to volleyball after their sports because it's a seven o'clock game yeah, in their school. So that's they true. just got done with football practice. They come right in. Yeah. What was that atmosphere like with those kids? I, I mean, I thought it was crazy, crazy, amazing. I mean, Miller North had a ton of kids there too. And I, I envisioned it was going to be like that because when I was an assistant, when it was still in Omaha and Brian, you might be, remember this cause you were in high school is, um, the number of students that would come to those games. I oh, mean, it was crazy. One, because they could get out of school. But two, <laughs> they were there. And, I mean, it was going back and forth. And there was some of that going on. You know, some of that's changed over the years, too. But but it's uh, it's just cool, you know, because you get the students involved. And there's a there's a pride in that, you know, with all the – I mean, I think it is. And, you know, I always think of football being the first thing. You know, that's, that's you know, pride for the school. But, the you know, the other sports can bring that in, too. And I think – so that was – really cool to see well once again this was a herd at production of wired access podcast i greatly appreciate the head coach of papillion la vista monarchs softball coach todd peterson 17 years of pride community excellence it all just keeps rolling together with a culture that they have built from a long time ago and they've held it up high six grand championship for the state they just finished here in uno we also had brian southworth of wired training center make sure to check them out and once again if you like this episode go and like share follow all those wonderful things and hit that subscribe button down below and the thumbs up let other people know about this episode once again thank you we'll see you Heard at Sports Network Production.